0: There is nothing as mysterious as a fact clearly described. Anything and all things are photographable. Hey, welcome to the Street Shots Photography Podcast. This is Antonio, and uh, this is episode 105 for, hmm, where are we? (laughs) The middle of September. Yeah, I'm a day late, uh, not a dollar short, and I have no idea what that means. Um, And I had all intentions of getting the show out today, which is Sunday the 15th. And uh, guess what? I'm recording on Sunday the 15th, so I'm not getting the show out today. I'm getting it a day late. And... uh, Actually, I had spent uh, some of yesterday uh, walking around Greenwood Cemetery again. I had uh, an idea that I wanted to start including some video uh, aspect to this podcast. and I'm not sure. I mean, obviously you can't add video to a podcast, but I want to start including video as part of my repertoire of things to show you and produce and whatnot. And uh, I was out there with my iPhone recording a whole bunch of stuff uh, and talking and, uh, you know, I had the outdoor sound and whatnot. And I came to today and, uh, you know what, I just wanted to uh, scrap all of that. (laughs) So I decided to just record this today. But uh, before we get into the uh, main beef of the show, just before I started the recording, I uh, was reading in the news that the uh, lead singer of The Cars passed away, Rick uh, Okasik. Uh, I used to say Okasik uh, until I just looked up the pronunciation. Some people say Okasik uh, as with well, how I said it, but he pronounced it Okasik. Rick Okasik just died, I guess, today. And uh, if you're hearing this, uh, you're probably hearing this on, uh, I want to put the show out tomorrow on Monday, so sometime this week. You probably have already heard this if you know the band The Cars uh, and he was the lead singer for that. And he was 70 years old, which is kind of blowing me away in terms of uh, his age. I mean, just because I'm getting old, too. And you I know, was kind of thinking about this guy who uh, who was very influential in my uh, youth growing up. And I mention it because what's important uh, about him Uh, And the car's music was that when I first started photography, when I first actually literally walked into a studio with a a box of paper and some film that uh, I needed to get developed. uh, And it was not, you know, my dad's studio or anything like that. It was actually his friend's studio in uh, the middle of uh, the photo district in New York City on Broadway and 21st Street. And um, here we go. The ambulance is just. You guys are used to that, right? So am I. <laughs> <It's just laughs> uh, so that first time I went into the, um, well, the first time I went into the uh, studio to develop uh, and print my film, and literally, it's that first day, uh, these guys at the studio they always had the radio playing, and the song that was playing uh, when I was developing film or processing the the, 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 the contact sheets or whatever—I can't remember exactly. Uh, was the song by the cars called uh, Your best Friend's girl and this was nineteen seventy eight and i was uh thirteen or fourteen i can't remember when if, I, if it was uh i turned fourteen in, in nineteen seventy eight my my birthday's in November uh but this was earlier in the year so I think I was thirteen. Uh, And, you know, being a 13-year-old doing something new and uh, listening to the radio, those things kind of become enmeshed into uh, my being. And uh, so, you know, I wanted to sort of recognize that, you know, even today when I hear that song, I'm transported back into that time, uh, into that studio and that day that I first developed film and i i have to say that you know uh just come you know the way music is like a time travel device you know you hear something and you're transported in time and i never thought i would actually have a song that was associated with photography and i i, I kind of didn't even really think about it until i just read that uh you know rick passed away today and i was like wow you know what uh his you know band his music um you know, moved me in, in a way. And and the music continued to move me. You know, uh, they had continued to make great music over uh, a period of years. And, you know, it was no longer always associated with photography, but it was certainly during the time that I was in high school, uh, learning photography and college and Uh, even I can't remember one of their songs I listened to, I can't remember it right off the top of my head right now, but I, you know, I would, uh, I had a crush on a girl and I would listen to that song and the song I would associate with (laughs) this girl, just like any, you know, young person might do, uh, today. And, uh, and so I have a lot of fond memories and I still listen to the music today. I mean, uh, you know, I love, I love all sorts of music, you know, and I, I like there's probably less newer music that I like than that. But, uh, I, you know, don't quote me. On that. It's just if I if you hear a piece of music I like, I listen to it. But the cars really hold a special place for me. And I, again, it, the, that idea that just get transported back into uh, uh, that studio on 21st Street and Broadway. you know, this show is not really a show. I mean, I just, you know, like I said, I, I was working on something yesterday and I decided to scrap it. And a lot of this just comes from uh, having kind of a crappy week, actually crappy couple of weeks. Well, I, I got laid off of my television job. So that uh, actually has kind of been on my mind a lot in the past couple of weeks. I actually got two weeks notice, uh, Two weeks ago, and my last day is coming up on Tuesday, uh, and you know I do have another part-time job to fill in, but it's going to be a little tricky. So I'm, uh, I'm actually going through a lot of like anxiety and nervousness, and uh, uh, you know I'm 50. I'm going to be turning 55 this this year, and so you know finding another job uh, in the field that I am in, uh, which is what field is that? Well, I do a little television. Uh, I'm a photographer and uh, you know whatever else I kind of do that's in media and stuff like that and I'm not sure how uh, easy it will be to find another job but that's been occupying my mind a lot uh, certainly for the past couple weeks and I didn't really put together uh, an idea for a show that's why I kind of went out to to Greenwood uh, to sort of do video because I figured something would come up while I was doing that you know me I go out there and things pop into my head uh, while I'm doing it. And, you know, I shot a lot of video and I didn't scrap the video. I still have it. So, I mean, you might see it. I want to put something together because uh, I want to start getting into, you know, showing pictures and showing what I'm doing while I'm, while I'm going around shooting. It's a little tricky to be a one-man band kind of thing. <laughs> you know? But uh, I did all that and then came today, today's Sunday, uh, and my it's a uh, this, today is my 25th anniversary, our 25th anniversary of our first date, so uh, we were planning to go out and stuff, and uh, she had mentioned yesterday, I think, that maybe we should go see the uh, Gary Winogrand show at the Brooklyn Museum, and there's a show that's there until this early December of Gary Winogrand's color work, and uh, I thought, you know what, that's a great idea, and so we went to the show, and I'll get into that in a minute. And while I was there, I was like, you know what? I'm just not going to do this thing with the video. A, I don't really have the energy to edit the audio from it and, you know, just make a lot of explanations. And I was just like, you know what? Uh, I'm just not in the mental place to do that. So I, I, I really scrapped that idea. And the idea was I'm going to come in and talk about my experience with uh, the going to the Gary Winnigrand show and what what that was like. Uh, And so, yeah, this might be a little bit of a shorter show. I don't know how long I can talk about this. Um, But it does come from just, you know, uh, morale is down, but, you know, at least I found something about photography I wanted to talk about and hope uh, that you guys will find, you know, some part of this interesting. So today we went to the Brooklyn Museum. My wife and I went to the Brooklyn Museum to go see the Gary Winogrand show. It's called Color, Gary Winogrand's Color. And if you know his work, uh, he mostly has uh, produced black and white work. I mean, you're probably aware of the. If if you know his work, you've seen a lot of his black and white work. And the color work tends to not be shown so much. And uh, I don't know a lot about Gary Winogrand. I'm learning him now uh, and I'm, um, you know, reading the the text on in the show and whatnot, and you know, I know a little bit about him, but uh, it, what's interesting is that uh, the color work tended to. F- not get seen as much because, first of all, he shot color slides. And um, he actually, he from what I read, is he carried two cameras around with him. One had black and white film with him, and the other one had color. And not all the time because you see some pictures of him. He's walking around with one camera. But a lot of the time he would carry two cameras, and he would often shoot black and white first and then pick up the, the color camera and shoot color. And so these were Kodachrome slides that he would shoot. And if you know anything about him, and I think maybe Ward and I will at some point do a deep dive on him. I hope, Ward, I hope you're hearing this and thinking, wait a minute, you didn't talk about it. Come on, come on, we'll do it. Um, And I'm not doing a deep dive really right now, but uh, he, uh, I was gonna say, oh, so yeah, he would shoot mostly black and white and color slides, but back then it was very hard to make prints from color slides. It was very expensive. And kind of the only way you would, see color slides whether you printed them in, you know, in a book you know, magazine or something like that you made prints of some kind and I don't know what kind of printing they were making back then uh, from Kodachroms. Uh so but um, they were kind of hard for you to see and deal with and Gary was not a man who had tons of money and so he would focus on printing his black and white work more often and the color work tended to stay in the files, you know. And so he apparently had a lot of color work. And um the in the show they they mark uh they remark about him uh like well how did they pick the slides to show in the in the um in the show and he they would go through his archive. I think the Brooklyn Museum has a big chunk of his archive and they would find where he would sign on the mounts, on the cardboard mounts on the slides and and it made them uh, help them decide which pictures the show. So anyway, uh, again, this is not going to be an in-depth thing about Gary Winogrand. Um, I'll just go about the show. First of all, if you're in Brooklyn or New York city and you're a photographer fan, you really need to go see Gary's stuff. I mean, he's the a quintessential street photographer, you know, candid photographer, life photographer, whatever you want to call that thing, this thing that we do. Uh, I'm not very keen on the word street photographer even though I have it in our title, Street Shots. Um, you know, he's an observer of life. But, uh, and, you know, of course, he's based in New York, although at some point in his life he moved, uh, he moved out to L.A. and then he spent time in Texas. So he's got photographs from around the country. But, you know, he was born in the Bronx. And um, actually he was born a couple of years before. He was born a few years before my dad I think uh, maybe 6 or 7 years before my dad if I recall and I just I, you know I just wonder that world the the world of photography is is so small back then in the you know 50s and 60s in in the city and I think you know I, I can't imagine that they wow something's going on in the world here I can't imagine that you know they didn't know each other or like you know they were my, like certainly my dad must have been aware of Gary Winogrand you know uh, my dad was younger so he might have been you know, looking uh, up at Winogrand, if he if he actually enjoyed that style, but there again, the world was small then, and so I bet I bet there was a there was some knowledge. So I don't have any facts or knowledge that my dad ever knew or met Gary Winogrand, but I like to kind of think that you know the possibility existed. So anyway, uh, going on a different direction. Um, Right, so so this is his color work. These are the slides, right? There was a selection of black and white work. Some of his uh, more well-known images were in a separate gallery. But what was really cool about this was the way they uh, presented his work was uh, when you first walk into the gallery, there is a slide projector, uh, a Kodak slide projector with a carousel of, I don't know how many slides were in it. Um, Maybe about 40 or you know, roughly about 40. And it was running on automatic and it was just showing the slides on, on the wall. And for those of you who don't know what a slide uh, <laughs> slide projector is, go look it up. Uh, a Kodak slide projector. And I've never, I never owned one of those. And I think I need to find one and buy one because I'll have a lot of stuff that are slides. And I had just the idea of bringing back a slideshow uh, into my life. <laughs> so we'll see. Uh so anyway um the main gallery is behind these black curtains and you walk in and it's this sort of it's just this elongated room with uh um uh, projectors on the ceiling and 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 they're projecting Gary's color images on on both the left and right walls. And the way it's set up is there's eight different uh segments to the um there's eight eight different projectors and each one is sort of a segment of his color work. Um and they're on sort of repeat. And they have these little benches. You sit down and you can watch the shows. And the, the slides are presented very, pretty large. And each uh, segment, there's eight of them, uh, have a, both a horizontal and a vertical projection happening. So you can see next, to, you know, his vertical work and his horizontal work. And, you know, the first one you sit down and you see it and it's Coney Island. And, and uh, he was photographing before I was born. So it doesn't look familiar because of everybody looking like you know the 50s but there's a familiarity to it because I had spent time as a kid in Coney Island and there's you know pictures of people under the boardwalk and I spent time under the boardwalk when I was a kid not when I was a teenager I didn't go to Coney Island as a teenager but I remember going there as a kid and uh and so there's like that and then you know again we said we sat down we watched the slides uh, and then uh, go go to the next bench and and watch the second batch of slides. And again, it's horizontal and vertical. And we just go back and forth, back and forth throughout the whole thing. And I'll put some if I remember to do this because I'm not really been good with the show notes. But I'll I'll make sure to try to put some pictures of what the gallery looks like in the in the show notes. So uh, and so we we went and we watched this whole thing and. Uh, Without again, I'm not reviewing his work. Uh, let me just go into something about Gary for a minute here. Um, in my world, when I grew up in photography, uh, I wasn't really aware of Gary Winogrand. I I may have been, and I, I just don't have a memory of it. And actually, it's really interesting. Is I have this false memory of learning from him, like meeting him in a class environment. I don't know if that's true or not. I I just can't remember, but I do remember a couple times taking a class in between junior high school and high school, and then maybe a little bit after high school, with some photojournalist, documentary type photographers. And and my my memory of one of them, I was one class where I had two photographers. One was a guy named Mel Rosenthal, who was a Another photographer from the Bronx, a documentary photographer, fantastic work. If you go look his work up, it's just amazing. And I I don't know why I kind of remember him teaming up with somebody else, and and it couldn't be Gary, but someone who looked like him, or at least in my, my memory of someone who had like the same kind of hair, glasses, same kind of, uh, but anyway, I doubt it was him because I would have remembered. But anyway. Growing up, you know, my photography, like learning pictures, taking pictures was really just like, I'm interested in photography. I want to do this thing. Uh, and, you know, going through and learning it, I learned it, like I've said before, I learned it like a trade, you know, I went to a trade school. And so we're there learning how to use the cameras, how to use the lights and whatnot. And really wasn't learning about the history of photographer or what was going on in the photography world at the time. And eventually going into college and, and learning a little bit more of that, and I may have heard about Gary in college. And he passed away in nineteen. Hmm, he died away. He died in nineteen eighty-two, and that's the first year I started. Was it eighty-two or eighty-four? I'm not even remembering. I gotta go check this out. I don't want to get this wrong because it's bad information. Let me just see here. Hang on. Uh, do, 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 do. no, he died in '84. Okay, so I was in college between '82 80, and '86, and actually, I had started at uh, the Image Bank in 1984. I don't know when he died in '84, and I think he died in Mexico. Um, I believe. Uh, so I probably would have heard stuff about that. I'm working in a photo agency, uh, even in going to the school of visual arts, uh, I'm I'm sure the name came up, but. I wasn't at that time very interested, or had a inkling about photography in the street, or whatever we would want to call his kind of work, or that kind of work. Uh, it, it just wasn't on my radar. Uh, he might have been on my radar, but the work, that kind of work, wasn't. And it, it's kind of been a while. Like I'm going to say this um, lately, you know, I've been getting more into some of these photographers who uh, I skipped over. Uh, growing up in the photography world, and you know Irving Penn being one of them. I knew about his work, but I really started to like him more now. And uh, even Robert Frank, who just passed away this week, you know, I I bought his book *The Americans* just for the first time last Christmas. So I never he was not really on my radar all the time, uh, but he is now, and I'm appreciating his work now. And I I do have to uh, acknowledge the you know hanging out with. Uh, uh, certain photographer friends now who are, we, we talk a lot about this stuff now that that's helped me sort of revisit these people who were, you know, some of them were in my own past, you know, I mean, uh, I, I had found it at some point, Irving Penn worked only a block away from where I was working at the image bank and he was still alive, you know? And, and so like to, to reappreciate these guys who were, uh, very influential in the in the world of photography and the and you know in this young art that we have, um, and and putting them on my radar now and, and really appreciating them. The uh, well, the one main exception is Walker Evans and Walker Evans has always been a hero of mine. I knew about his work uh, growing up, and I've I mentioned this. Uh, in uh, uh, an article I put on the on the Usual Collective's website uh, about being co-opted uh, in uh, Walker Evans' uh, eyes, you know, I've been like co-opting. He co-opted his view, excuse me, this is what you do in late night. His vision, uh, I, I sort of got possessed by him. So I, I'll, I'll put the link to the article uh, in the show notes. But, you know, people like Winogrand and... Um, A whole bunch of people, you know, they just weren't on my radar. And, you know, I made the analogy of like, you know, not that I didn't dislike their work. it just, But like when you're a kid and you don't like asparagus and as you got older, you started liking asparagus. You know, (laughs) it's like as I'm getting older, I'm starting to appreciate some of these people and uh, um, artists who I just didn't pay attention to. So I I will say that Winogrand has been more something for me in the past few years than pretty much well before that. And so I was really, really, really happy to see his show. And, you know, I've seen his pictures once in a while. You know, you can't be in the, the photography world and not see certain images, uh, you know, in passing. Um, but I never really had, like, his books or any kind of deep uh, appreciation of his work Um So anyway, the 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 slideshow was his show was great, and then there's another room which has his. Oh, actually, there's a little documentary playing, a little uh, clip from a documentary with him and uh, Bill Moyers, Uh, and I think there's a link I can find and put in the show notes. I think I don't know, it's a Vimeo link, and you may have to pay for it, you know, but uh, it might be worth it. And uh, then there's another gallery with his. uh, I think there's another. 20 prints, black and white prints, um, which are great to see. And then they actually had color, not ver- they had color similar images printed underneath them. You know, so they were making a connection between the two. I mean, as a as a um, uh, critique of the uh, presentation, the room was really dark. But the, I mean, I'm not sure if the prints really needed to be that protected by light. I don't know. But it was really kind of hard to see because the lights were really dark. But anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, the whole thing was a great experience, and I like I said, if you're coming to New York or you're in the New York area and before early December, you should check with the website in the Brooklyn Museum. I think it's like December sixth or December fifth. So, but it's early. It's early. Don't wait. Go go see the show if you're really interested in it. Watching the pictures, I, well, my wife and I went out to dinner tonight uh, to celebrate our anniversary, and we were talking about it. And I was saying what you know, I was asking her what resonates, uh, uh, what. What about his pictures resonated with you? And my wife's from Brooklyn, too, so she's, you know, we're, we're looking at, like, she was talking about the Coney Island pictures, and I'm just remembering when I was sitting there looking at the work, and a lot of the shots, the, the majority of the shots were, it felt like the majority of the shots were New York, and it was certainly, they were photographed in a time period uh, that I was growing up in. So, for instance, the you know, shots uh, in the uh, New York City, the Central Park Zoo. I remember exactly what that zoo looked like in Central Park at the time. And then shots of Fifth Avenue and Sixth Avenue and, you know, the cop cars and the way people dressed. And now he was shooting, you know, while I was still a young kid. I mean, like, I don't remember all those things, but, um, you know, he shot well into the 70s and stuff like that. And seeing those stuff from the 70s, like, yeah, you know, that's how, how New York was like. Now, um, not all the pictures were great. There was some, there was like, eh, you know, I don't know why they chose to put them in. And, you know, and what was nice about that, because I was thinking, like, everybody puts people on these, you know, pedestals and say they're great. This guy's the greatest photographer in the world. And it's really interesting to look at some of the work and go, nah, that wasn't so great, you know. And that doesn't diminish, you know, anybody in my mind. It just makes them more human. And it, and it certainly makes the people who are picking the pictures human. And it's really interesting to see what someone else's idea of a good image is. Um, but you know, it's great to look at the, and and again, this is all subjective. So I'm not judging, I don't judge Gary Winogrand by my set of, you know, tastes and stuff like that. I do recognize he's a really good photographer and he has a lot to say. Uh, and, uh, it it was great to look at those, uh, that work and, and sort of, again, time travel back to the places that I remembered. And, you know, I kept looking at the pictures. There was, you um, I mean, there was a lot of pictures to see, and I kept saying, geez, I wonder if he took a picture of me when I was a kid, <laughs> you know, because he, he was in the, some of the same places that I was in, you know, Central Park. Uh, that's where the, the you know, the, there's a zoo there. He was also, in you know, walking around Central Park, Fifth Avenue. I used to walk around a lot when I was a kid. Uh, my mom would take me in places on Fifth Avenue, Sixth Avenue. Uh, there was even some downtown locations and stuff and so, you know, I just kept I kept kind of looking, maybe even seeing if there was someone I knew in, in those pictures, you know, like, well, did he photograph and pass by someone that I like, that I recognize? So that was kind of fun to like keep uh, diving into these pictures. You can't, there's sirens all day today. Must be something bad going on. Oh, this is New York. I should go out with my camera. Oh, I'll tell you something quick when I'm done with this. Uh, yeah, so I kept, you know, it, it kept me engaged and, and, and it was the time travel aspect, just like I was talking about at the beginning with uh, Rick uh, Ocasek's music, you know, bringing me back to the time when it was first making a print. Uh, Winogrand's pictures are bringing me back to the time when, you know, New York was a lot different and it was the world that I was growing up in and, you know, thinking of how important uh, not only the work is, but the documentation. And, the, you know, I was looking at, you know, I was telling my wife, I was looking at the pictures, it's like if anybody is ever going to do another period piece of New York in the 19, you know, 60s or 70s, they absolutely have to grab his photographs and use them, you know, for, uh, being able to get, you know, ideas for costumes and whatnot. because it's just looking at that stuff was great. So anyway, I didn't want to go too much into this. Uh, and, uh, I, I like I said, I, you go see his work. you know, if you can find his color work, go look at it. Uh, it was actually, I thought it was great to see it projected rather than prints. Uh, it, it's kind of funny because projection is sort of the way we used to look at pictures in the, in the past and the way now that we look at Instagram, you look at a slideshow, although, you know, some, there's that joke, you know, the uncle pulls out the slideshow and pictures of uh, Yosemite and stuff like that. And, oh, we've got another 15 trays of slides to look at. <laughs> so, like, you know, it had a little bit of that kind of feeling, you know, I mean, just because it was a slideshow and, you know, we're sitting there in in this dark room uh, but there's no audio. There's no, well, there's might've been music. I wasn't paying attention fully. Um, uh, but there's no, like, um, there's no, uh, commentary or narration to the pictures. They're just there, uh, for you to see. So, uh, anyway, um, and what was I going to say? I was going to say something about, I completely said, I forgot what I was going to say. Oh yeah. Uh, so that's it, uh, about that show. Go see it. And, uh, thanks. This morning, just a, as a quick thing, uh, I'm in the coffee shop, and, and right next door uh, to us, there's a, a restaurant, and it suddenly burst into flames. And so I happened to have my camera with me, and I run out, and uh, the fire a lot of firefighters came there. They were, I guess, very concerned that whatever was happening, because it was a restaurant. Uh, that it might catch on the other buildings next door and it became a really big thing and I just happened to have my camera with me with a manual my manual cam lam 50 millimeter lens and so I started snapping some shots and uh, I'm not a, you know, I'm not a news photographer, but I was like well, hey, you know I'm there and this thing is happening and so I got some interesting shots of the firefighters luckily It wasn't uh, it wasn't a big fire. I mean, I'm sure it did some damage But uh, nobody got hurt, it was early in the morning, there was uh, was a few people there working, uh, getting the restaurant set up for brunch, and they got out safely, and nobody got hurt, and one window got smashed in in one of the apartments, Uh, and yeah, you know, I was taking pictures of that, and a a firefighter came up to me, and he said, you work for the news? And I was like, no, I don't, you know, I'm a neighborhood guy, and I just happened to be in the coffee shop, but I am a photographer, and and we got into chatting. And he actually offered he goes, you know, there's some great shots you wanna get in the in the back in the you know, it was like there's some great stuff. I'm like, you know what? I'm I'm gonna leave this to you guys. I'm like, thank you, no. And, uh, I, I recalled something that my wife said to me yesterday, cause I went jogging for the first time in a long time. And, and she said, you know what, don't be a hero. Don't, don't try to push yourself too far. And so I told it to the cop, I said, you know what, to, you know, to the police, to the firefighter, I said, look, I'm not, I'm not going to be a hero. Uh, you, you, you know, I appreciate you offering. Um, but the guy wanted some pictures and I gave him my email address. And so hopefully he'll email me and I can send him some shots of, uh, him and, and the rest of his comrades who were helping put out the fire so anyway I just want to make mention of that because it was another photographic experience so well that's it for the show I decided to keep it short and sweet uh just because of what I was telling you about before uh the introduction quotes I bet you know who they're from uh the quotes were actually from Gary Winogrand Uh, They were actually printed up on the wall in the show, and uh, I thought they were great to just intro the, you know, figure out what to uh, have for uh, opening quotes for this show. So I hope you guys like these. I like doing the quotes, and I like kind of telling you guys at the end who they're from. So, again, maybe uh, uh, we'll be having a deep dive on Gary Winogrand some point in the future. I, got, I mean, I have an endless list of photographers to do, but uh, he, he's probably on that list. So you can find the show notes to this episode and all the other episodes on my new website, streetshots.photography. And you can still find me on Twitter and Instagram at amrosario and Flickr at amrosario and Facebook. I'm still in the Switch to Manual, and uh, I'm also a Rosario photo. And uh, you also could find me with my other uh, brothers in light, I like to call them, at the Unusual Collective. Uh, we've got uh, some new articles for uh, September. We have a new one in August, a new couple uh, in September. Uh, so go check them out, and you can go to see us at unusualcollective.photography. you got to love that dot .photography domain at the end. It's uh it's great. So uh, if you also like the show, you can uh, send me some exposure bucks by going to iTunes and reading and reviewing the show and uh, telling all your friends that they should subscribe to the Street Shots podcast. I appreciate that. Uh, drop me a line uh, on the new website if you can uh, or any way you want to. I'd love to hear what you guys are up to. And if you have some ideas for how uh, things I can have on the show, you know, I'd be happy to uh listen and see what you got finally the street shots theme music was written and produced by phyllis audio you can find out more about the creative genius behind phyllis audio at phyllisaudio.com that's P-H-Y-L-L-I-S.com. hey and until next time keep shooting and working because things will begin to happen